Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hey, fellow guitar lovers. Many of us, for known reasons, have been playing solo for a while, and now we have the ability to get out and play with friends again, face-to-face, in a live environment. One of the things that we first notice when we start to play as a band is that what sounds great in a solo exercise and even against a backing track, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't sound as good in a live band environment. Even if all you do is jam with friends, finding where your guitar part fits is critically important. Let's start with some general frequency placings and then talk about how you can figure for yourself with your own band where you fit. We're going to start with the drum kit. The kick drum is integral, and we will find that the dominant frequency of the kick drum is in the 30 hertz to 50 hertz range. The other end of the drum range is the hi-hat, and they tend to centralize around 10,000 hertz, or what we refer to as 10k. Our snare drum centralizes around 200 hertz. If your drummer tunes his or her own drums, you want to follow the process that comes later in this podcast to discover the central frequencies for your particular band. If we now look at the common four-string bass, we find the low E at 41 Hz. The open G string is at about 196 Hz. A high note on that G string comes in around 392 Hz. So we will often say that the frequency range of the electric bass is between 40 and 400 hertz. If you have a five-string bass in your band, the bottom drops to 31 hertz, and if you have a six-string bass in your band, the top end rises to 523 hertz. More strings means a wider frequency range. A guitar in standard tuning, whether it's electric or acoustic, spans a wide range that overlaps a lot of the drum kit and the bass. The low E is roughly 82 hertz, The A is 110 Hz. The D is 147 Hz. The G is 196 Hz. The B is 247 Hz. And the high E is 330 Hz. If you play up to that high A on the high E string, you're in around 180 Hz. So we'll often say that the frequency range of the guitar is 80 Hz to 880 Hz. In fairness, I've rounded most of these numbers It's one of the interesting realities of standard tuning that what we see as a normal tune is typically a decimal hertz value. From this information, we see that the guitar is in the same place as the bass for most of the fundamental string notes and overlap only stops below 80 hertz and above 400 hertz. It's when both instruments are playing frequencies very close together that things can get a bit muddy. That's why engineers will often use high-pass filters or low-shelf filters on guitars in studio recordings so as not to step all over the bass. If you're employing drop tunings or 7-string or 8-string guitars, your low end is going to fall even more into the range of the bass guitar, and you're going to have to take that into consideration. When you do get together to jam, talk about what you're going to be playing more than just the key. Think about giving each instrument its own space. 
Now, let's bring in the vocalist. A vocalist has the potential for the highest range of frequencies. From about 80 hertz at the bottom end to nearly 10k at the top, the vocalist can be anywhere in the range. I'm going to break that down a little bit for you. Between 100 and 300 hertz is where the fundamental notes of the voice tend to sit. Right on top of the upper registers of the bass and the mid-range of the guitar. It's also sitting right on top of the snare drum. Between 350 and 600 hertz is what is called the main body of vocals. You can see that it's in the same place as the upper mids to high end of the guitar. From 1K to 4K, 1000 hertz to 4000 hertz, is where you're going to hear that vocal bite and some of that gritty, nasally tone. Different engineers are going to handle this space differently in terms of boost or cut. Current trend is a slight boost. From the perspective of other instruments, this is where the voice overrides the harmonic ranges of the other instruments. From 5K to 8K is where we hear sibilance, or what has become popularly referred to as air. I'm old. It was called sibilance when I was coming up. The current trend is to push this space to put some sheen on the vocals, but overdoing it makes things sound disjointed and candidly kind of nasty. If you do take a cut in this upper end, make sure that you've isolated that away from the hi-hat, otherwise you're going to kill the hi-hat sound, and you'll lose all that lovely hi-hat shimmer. Now that you've got a sense where vocals and instruments fit, how do you find out where your particular band is going to fit? It's actually quite easy, because it's pretty likely that one of you in the band has a computer with digital audio workstation software that's been set up for simple recording. Doesn't matter which one you've got, they're all very good these days. What you're going to do is set up a microphone for each voice and each instrument and monitor each one individually. What you're trying to get together is a sense of where the frequencies fall for that particular instrument. Most all DAW software has an equalizer with an analyzer function or a plugin specifically designed to do frequency analysis. For each vocalist or instrument, record a short section that isolates the vocalist or the instrument. About 30 seconds should do it as long as you're using common sections of the song. So not the beginning, not the end, not just the chorus, but the main elements of the song. When you play each section back, invoke the analyzer and watch the response line. You're going to quickly see where each voice and each, each instrument sits. Now when you bring everyone together so you can decide as a band which instrument is going to fit where and where two instruments or vocals and instruments are not going to fight each other. If you have a recording engineer with you, this will inform that person with useful references to use when they're mixing your track. But even if you don't, you're going to see that there should not be a screaming guitar solo at the same time as when a vocalist is singing. Or where instruments may lack a bit if a vocalist is really pushing it out. If the snare needs to be dominant at a point, you want to avoid putting other inputs in the same frequency range. If you've got a bass that's knocking down an incredible riff, you don't want a guitar or a vocalist sitting on top of it unless you're creatively deciding to double the riff an octave up as an example. It's your music. Do it your way. 
But the more you practice to allow each instrument and voice to be dominant where appropriate, the better things are going to sound overall and the happier that you're going to be. Thanks for listening. Please consider subscribing to the podcast or leave a comment. Until next time, peace. Thank <laughs> you.